Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. My goodness me, we have been in Portugal this weekend for the Rally to Portugal, and what an event it was. Now, slightly different lineup for the podcast this evening. If you can hear a little bit of background noise, well, that is because we're sitting in the departures lounge of Porto Airport. It's myself, Colin Clark, uh, joining us this evening, joining me this evening, as always, our chief. I don't know what he is these days, I really don't. Just our chief, I think we'll call him from now on, David Evans. David, uh, good evening. Uh, Colin, I've just got to say, I'll be absolutely astonished if this podcast actually works. Just let me say, just for the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, actually last half an hour, Colin has been rummaging through his bag, getting increasingly frustrated, plugging things in. It's fair to say, Lise, we are missing you a little bit here. Uh, but I'm fairly, well, Colin's fairly confident. He's now looking quite frustrated and quite cross again. I never look cross, David Evans. Before you tell stories about me, let's introduce, shall we, our very special yes. guest this evening on Spin the Rally Pod. Those of you who are familiar with British rallying and, to some degree, the World Rally Championship, I think it's fair to say 10 years ago, and maybe the aficionados at the Jim Clark Rally will know this man very well indeed, Simon Hughes. Simon, you've been with us this weekend. Great to have you on Spin the Rally Pod. Thanks, Colin. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's uh, always nice that a a 10-year rallying career is remembered by most people for one incident, but no, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that was the reference to the Jim Clark. I didn't know about that until you told me this evening. Yeah. Uh, You've got to be a bit more specific. It's a reference to a massive Jim Clark accident. Yeah, have a look on YouTube. Just what car was it? Uh, it was a uh, Renault Clio. Red Renault Clio accident, Jim Clark rally. Uh, Simon, um, tell us what you've been up to. Tell us, you know, are you still involved in rallying? You're still around the rally scene, obviously. You've been here all week. Yeah, I, I try and stay as involved as I can. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a balance with work life and family life and everything else. Um, but as we all know, we love it with a passion. Um, once once you're involved, it's hard to get out of. Uh, and I have no desire to. It's good fun. I've had a nice time over here. Um, it's been a pleasure to see see everyone, catch up. Um, and yes, yeah, see the world's best at doing what they do. You've been our fixer this weekend as well. Uh, maybe a slight exaggeration, but I, I do what I... I think it is. He's been our sponger. <laughs> David, you are so evil to... Be, you are easy, if you want to get up now, Simon Hughes, and walk away with a slap across his balding head, feel free to... No, no, no. No, to be fair, it's, there's probably a little bit of truth in that as well. There is no truth in it whatsoever. It's been an absolute pleasure and a, and a joy. So I remember I reported on... Yeah, I've eaten that one. We are sort of making a podcast and eating pastel donato. This is not going to help Matty, is it? Matty, um, all right, shut up. I've got a bit of pastel donato around my mouth. Excuse me. Matty, sorry, you're going to have to bear with us. It is quite an, a strange experience, surreal experience, to be sitting looking at people buying duty-free while we're talking on podcasts. I reported on Simon back in the day when his career was 
starting. So, Sam, I'm very sorry about that. You're not a sponger at all. I spoke to him. I interviewed him at Stage Ends. Yep, both both are true. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. Rally, uh, you did Rally Norway a few years ago. You did Portugal as well a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we did Portugal. Um, not since it's been up north. We, we did it the, the years it was down in the south on the Algarve. Um, a tough event then. Um, but yeah, yeah, good. It, it was great, great fun. Um, obviously nothing to the level of, of the top guys, but it was an experience. Yeah, it, it was awesome. So, boys, uh, it is the Rally of Portugal podcast. Uh, we, we really can't start anywhere other than oh dear oh dear David what's that sardines have all fallen over I'm just going to keep putting the microphone in your mouth while you scoff that pastel donata David uh, commentate tell us give, us give us a running commentary on the sardines I've just got them restacked now it's, I didn't know Matty again bear with us I had no idea I'm going to Matty the guy the, the Finnish guy I'm going to take the thing and have a wander over here because I couldn't remember seeing so many different sorts of sardines we've got green ones we've got some in tomato sauce we've got some in brine some it is i'll take a picture and put it on our social media i have never seen so many different colors of sardines but they're all back on the shelf now she's done very well and he's finished his pastel donata uh, right boys boys we, we are sharing one mic folks i'm very sorry david was quite right i did try to set up three mics and i failed absolutely miserably uh let's talk in particular about Simon Kali Rovenpera. Uh, what can we say? You know, he, he left Croatia on a high. It was a stunning performance in Croatia, particularly that final power stage. And he came here, I think, with, with, with very little pressure on him. He started the season well, first on the road, first gravel rally. There wasn't a huge expectation of him this weekend. I had him down for a podium. None of the other experts at Dirtfish did. Um, do you think that helped him, the fact there was that very little pressure on him? Yeah, I think it's fair to say there was less pressure on him. Um, you know, coming into an event like this, leading the championship as he does relatively comfortably so early on. Um, but he doesn't feel pressure anyway. He's dealt with everything as if, as if it's nothing. Um, you know, he is so capable... Um, he's so calm and relaxed. It just makes you wonder yeah, what we could see from him. What can he do? That's the question, David. Uh, how much did it impress you this weekend? You can take the mic again now that you're finished. Is it number one or number two? Number one. Two to go. Uh, in words, you're kind of running out of superlatives here, aren't we, for, for Kelly Robinbera? So early in his career, he's just doing everything right and he's doing everything to give us every indication that A, he's going to be world champion this year and B, he's going to be world champion for a very, very long time to come. A lot of years. I didn't really know how to construct that sentence. Sorry about that. But no, there is nothing at the minute this boy can't do. We talked... We, oh, Go on. No, we, we, talked, we talked a lot about, about this being the final question. We'd seen him win on snow. We'd seen him win on tarmac. We'd seen him win on gravel. But could he actually be the complete driver and could it win from the front of the field you know here it's always the same Portugal historically Mexico Sardinia all of these kind of places it's a massive ask to do it from the front on the Friday there's so much loose gravel around we were out on the on the recce on Wednesday it was terrible it was super loose in places um and he, he managed it you know there was he was hoping for a bit more rain there was a little bit of rain in in the through the recce not really enough it dried out it was still really loose He's done it. You know, he is. There's nothing that that boy can't do in a rally car now. Well, there's nothing he is afraid of. 
you know, he's, he's, he's not afraid of any surface, of any rally, of any driver. He knows he can win every time. Uh, Simon, you know, we did look at the stages beforehand and, you know, they've had some big storms out here over the last few months. The roads have been heavy, heavily repaired. Do you think that maybe played into his hands a little bit in that maybe it wasn't just the top driver, the top couple of drivers on Friday morning who were, who were inconvenienced, if you like, by the road cleaning? It was the top five or six. So in some ways it evened things out a little bit. Is that maybe taking a little bit away from his performance? Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely some things that went in his favour. Um, I don't think you can take anything away from his performance with regards to driving. Um, you know, he looked so calm, he controlled everything, he made no mistakes, he didn't put a scratch on the car. Um, but when you look at the, the weather in the build-up to this event, um, it's, it's been wetter than usual. Um, the event's been humid, we had a little bit of rain over the course of the event, um, which has meant that historically the... the the losses haven't been what they, they normally are. Um, and I think as well, um, with, without trying to sort of take anything away from him, he was fortunate um, by other people's misfortune. Um, you know, both him and Elvin were. Um, I think there was four or five drivers came through stage four with punches. You know, so, so straight away that could have been people he was fighting with to, to get a, a decent road position for the second day. Go ahead. Is that is that you know as a driver, is that good fortune or is that tactics and, and having the ability to or the, the wherewithal and the, the capability, the what's that word when you've got the margin? The margin in your performance that you can just move around that rock at the last minute. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the, the things that Kelly has is he is so confident in his ability. Um, he looks so at ease when he's driving, almost to the point where he doesn't even have to worry about his level of performance. He knows he can be the fastest. So what that gives him is it, it gives him a margin of error where he doesn't have to push. He can concentrate on his lines, on his tyre choice, on his stage management, on everything else because he knows he can be quick. That, that's a point you made to me earlier on today. He doesn't have to think about his driving. So he's able to put more focus on the other things that you know it's not just the driving that makes a great driver and then wins rallies there's an awful lot more to it and he can concentrate on those other areas i guess yeah it's it gives him sort of a little bit more bandwidth you know he 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 looks so at ease whereas there's <laughs> you know there's there's drivers who look under pressure they, they look like they're trying to ring every single half a second out of a car whereas he looks like when he's on the stage behind the wheel that's that's him at his best. That's him in his comfort zone, which which means he has the the capability then to, to use a little bit more of the the brain power to concentrate on other things. Yeah, and do you know what? I think Elvin led, didn't he, on Friday night, and he came through. And I think he said at the end of the final stage on Friday, you know, maybe I was a little bit lucky out there. We saw a lot of drivers picking up punctures. Friday, the second pass was ridiculously rough. We were down around Arganil. Uh, and I think the conditions caught a lot of drivers out in terms of just how rough it got. We know it gets rough yet. We didn't expect it to get as rough as that. A lot of people started talking about Portugal, sorry, uh, about Turkey a couple of years ago. And the man who avoided the trouble in Turkey a couple of years ago was Elvin Evans. You know, and, and I don't I think at times you know, he doesn't he doesn't give himself enough credit for that, you know. You're quite right. The two guys at the front were the two guys who avoided the trouble, Simon. You're Elvin Evans and Cali Rovenpella. Now Evans avoided the trouble because he's bright, he's clever, he can do that, he can measure the risk. Uh, 
you know, is that a reasonable point, David? Completely. We've seen that in, of old. Elvin has that ability to 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 keep the car straight, keep the car clean, keep the t- keep the air in the tyres. Uh, definitely, he that was his approach um, on Friday. I, I don't know. There are definitely there is an element of fortune in it. We, you know, when we were walking through, when what stage was it? The, stage five. Yeah, stage five, where 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 Lowe went off. We walked back down that road, and it was fine. It was an uphill section, which does tend to dig out a bit more. But ruts were just unbelievable. And and when you've got a bit of attitude, a bit of steering lock in the car, it doesn't take a lot to knock one off the rim. You were quite prophetic. Honestly, David and I, and read David's wonderful article on dirtfish.com about... Just to be clear, did you say pathetic or... Prophetic, prophetic. And I'm just about to go on and explain why. Read the article. We literally climbed up a mountainside to get to where Sebastian Loeb uh, was stopped at the side of the roads. And while we were waiting, obviously, for the stage to finish, right in front of us, there was a very, very big embedded rock on the right-hand side. A car came through, I think it was maybe the fourth or fifth last car, and took an even bigger chunk out of it, and it sent this big chunk of rock flying towards where where we were all sitting. Isabel Garmisch, as soon as the car went past, went down, had a look at this embedded rock, and she's looking at it, and David's going, said to Sebastian, Sebastian, see that embedded rock? Could that break a car? Could that break a suspension? What happened with the very next car? Yeah, the steering broke. He absolutely clouted exactly that rock. Um, yeah, and it, it broke the steering. They they were rough. They were very, very rough. And as well, you know, we need to be very careful here because what is a puncture and what is a, a, a damaged rim and B, a tyre being knocked off the rim? It's people bandy the word puncture around and ultimately yes there were punctures there were tyre issues but these were rough 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 conditions ah, puncture puncture is a word that's just used whenever whenever there's a flat tyre and as you say there are a, a, a myriad of reasons why why you, know, you might suffer uh, a deflated tyre but the ones who avoided those were the two who took the top steps of the podium let's talk a little bit then about that battle for third place Simon uh, it was just great to see two of our favourites certainly two of my favourite drivers in the championship Katsuta-san and Danny Sordo Katsuta-san is, is back to where we, we saw him this time last year really you know regularly fighting for podiums and putting in really strong performances the fact he is back there after the troubles he suffered at the end of last year is testament to how strong a character he is. But he got himself in a fight with Danny Sordo, and what a fight we had out there today on the final day. Yeah, it was great to see Taka back back to the best he's been so far. Um, and I think, yeah, hopefully he's going to get stronger. Um, you know, new co-driver seems to be working well. The, the relationship seems good. Um, he seems to have a lot of confidence back, which is important when you've been through a tough you know, a tough time. Um, and especially for someone like Taka, who was quite an emotional driver. Um, that support from, um, you know, from Dan originally was important to him. And now he seems to be building a, that up with the, with the new co-driver. So it, um, it's great to see him back. Um, and I think even, you know, Danny would admit, that it, as pleased as he was to grab third, if he was going to wish he could have left it to anyone, it would have been Taka because he's just so deserving of it at the moment. But uh, yeah, it was great to see. Danny Sordo did a great job out there. By the way, David, just Takasan, when we talk about him, do you think he's a little hard on himself? We know that the Japanese culture is very different, you know, and we do, we do know that there's a lot of respect, there's a lot of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, um, expectation of, of, of employees work, and he is an employee of Toyota. He was very hard on himself after the stage, wasn't he? Is, is that something maybe he has to look at? I think there's a huge, there's always been a lot of self-analysis, sort of hasn't there, with, with a guy like Taka and, 
you know, you look where he's come from through that, uh, through Toyota's junior program, uh, with a lot of mentoring, a lot of tutoring. He, he's been somebody who's driven an event and then had it analyzed in a way that not many people have with the likes of Yuho Hannon and Mikko Hervin and working closely with him. So I think he's used to it and he knows that he, well, I don't know, he feels he, he could have done better, he could have made third place. You know, the, the, the gap between them, which was Colin? At the end of the day? At the end of the event? Yeah, two and a half seconds, wasn't it, round about that? Round about two and a half seconds. <laughs> he, he could find that. Simon? Yeah, I think, I think it was just under two. David? It was somewhere in the ballpark of two, <laughs> in a region of two seconds. Um, but, you know, he'll look back now and he'll think, he'll find those two seconds. Through Who wants to check EWRC results to find out exactly what it was? No, let's not bother. It, it was not a big... No, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. The thing's recorded. Don't touch that. So, but it, he will find those seconds everywhere. And that's what, where the frustration sits with him, that he'll know that he could have done it. And it's an important lesson to learn. He'll learn from this. Okay, he's he's gutted now. You can see that at the end of the stage, you know, he was apologising to the team. Um, but it's it's a lesson he'll learn. You know, that feeling of, of of being absolutely distraught, he'll not want to feel that again. He'll have to build on it on it going forward. I'm sure he'll get stronger because of it. David, this is great. David's putting his hand up. His hand up as if I'm going to let him speak. Yeah, here you go. But in in answer to your uh, to your original question, I, I I don't think he was too hard on himself. Sometimes, you know, we, we don't romanticise these drivers, but, you know, there are certain drivers that we're friendly with, the likes of Danny and, and, and Taka. They are professionals. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a <laughs> lady stacking the shelves with what looks like lovely port. We might just have a look at that when we're finished here. No, don't you worry. Don't let us get in your way. I apologise for David. Um, so, what was, what was the question? You, you, I remembered, I remembered. So, it, yeah, exactly. And, but ultimately, Taka is a professional driver. You know, he's in our equivalent of Formula One. He's at, a, at such a high level now with such massive investment from Toyota Motor Corporation. He has to deliver. There's no two ways around it. With these drivers, they have to deliver. Yeah, and, and I think he is. My point was he was, he was apologising for not helping the, the team out, the Toyota team out. He did. He did, OK, Sordo got he past him. He helped him out more. He could have helped him out a little bit more, but he took points off the second Hyundai point-scoring driver and he took points off all of the Fords, the M-Sport Fords. You just need to explain that because obviously there were two Toyotas ahead of him, but he runs in a separate Toyota team, the next-generation team, So, which is a really good idea. And we saw it a lot of... We've seen it down through the years, over the last 10 years, that manufacturers... Volkswagen ran their second team with Mickelson. It's, teams do that because then, obviously... Not only could they potentially take, um, th- they could take third place points instead of fourth place points. I, I kind of talked. <laughs> anyway, he does score manufacturer points, and he scores points ahead of other teams. <laughs> other t- it's as simple as that, right, Simon? Yep. True. You're sitting listening to us, and you're scratching your head, going, "What are they talking about?" I, if, if he finishes ahead of the Hyundai's, he finishes ahead of the Hyundai's. You know, that- they score a point. He scores points. They score less points. Yep. Exactly. I might be overthinking this one now. I think so. Anyway, my point was, he, he did contribute, I think, and Takasan had a great weekend, as did Danny Sordo. But here's the big question, boys. Sordo, third. Nouvelle, fifth. Tanak, behind them. Good weekend, bad week. Good week, bad week for Hyundai. Simon, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it's a bad week, obviously. 
you know they're gonna they they're, they're wanting to fight at the, at the, at the sharp end that's why they're here um and unless they they had podiums or are fighting for a win it's, it's a bad day in the office um always i think they will always look for the positives i think there are some um i think thierry you know he he works so hard for everything at the moment um and he he was telling us that if it wasn't for issues some of which outside of his control he could have been somewhere near the podium um but yeah, they've got a real big fight on their hands to, to, to push the car forward. Everyone is so short on development time. Um, you struggle to see how they're going to make big steps. They are a long way, long way behind the game. David, you're going to tell me something you've been checking? Just to be clear and to be professional, Takamoto Katsuta finished 2.1 seconds behind Danny Sordo. And what was the other thing you just... You just uh, Oitanek finished where? Deeply vague about... Uh, Oitanek was sixth. Uh, and he was... Uh, just behind Thierry Novelli's teammate. Just deeply mate. vague. I love that. Deeply vague. <laughs> I, one thing I think we've got to say here you is, have the mic. I'll just, <laughs> I just, I just snatched the mic a little bit. Then didn't I? <laughs> um, it, it, there is no two ways around this. About this, it's been. It's not a disaster. It's not a Monte Carlo-style disaster. But this was a shocking outing for Hyundai. We, we talked about, uh, about Sordo. We talked to Sordo. He drove, he put in a, a, a Herculean effort to get that power stage result, to put that time in there. Okay, he knew the stage, blah, 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 all of that. But still, he did what you're not really used to seeing Danny Sordo do on a Sunday. Um, but he had to, had to kind of drive outside of himself to do it, didn't he? It was, it was quite remarkable. And talking to him after the event, I, I said, you know, what, what about the car? He had pretty much no preconceptions coming into it because he'd not tested it. He hadn't done any of the develop, much of the development work last year. And I kind of expected him to say, yeah, it's not too bad, you know, because he'd finished third and he'd had this tremendous fight and found this exceptional speed today. But it was still quite negative. You know, there are still issues, real issues, genuine issues with this car. Oik Tanak at the moment is struggling to drive the car. It's really struggling. There's no confidence in it. Thierry, put your hand down, Colin. You're not going to talk for a bit. And Thierry Neville uh, is, is a driver who is just putting everything on the line. You know, at numerous occasions through this weekend, just like in Croatia, he looked like he could have an enormous accident. You know, he is putting everything on the line to, to do what he's doing. And... Something has to change. Nothing will change in time for Sardinia. It can't. Okay, there's bits that they will have learned. Small setups, set up things, small settings. But we're talking, you know, milliseconds. Oh, right, he's put his hand up again. You are holding it now. You're in charge of the mic. I, I just get the feeling, David, that they're too far behind. I think they're too far behind. You know, you speak to Oi, and we did at the end of the rally, asked him, well, what needs to change? Everything. Speak to Thierry Neuville, and I put the same question to Thierry. He said, I'm sure Oik told you. I said, well, not really, because Oik doesn't tell us too much. And I said, Oik said everything needs to change, and he just nodded his head. I mean, how can you change everything? They don't have enough time this year. They don't have enough homologation jokes. Do they still have such a thing as a joker? I don't even know. There are jokers to come, and July there will be a fairly significant overhaul of the car. They will work uh, a lot to get the, the, the jokers in place across the, the chassis, Every kind of, there's a lot of work on, on, on the chassis, on aero, across the car. Like they've all said, you know, there is a huge amount of work to do with that car. But the trouble is, you know, it's this age-old thing that M Sport and Toyota aren't sat there just sitting, sitting still. They're developing and moving forward. 
Even Simon's sort of putting his hand up now, right? You can. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it is hard for Hyundai, and it will be difficult for them to, to catch up. But you've got to remember, Thierry's second in the championship still. He might not be having the best of rallies, but he's he's getting points. Um, and the last stage of this rally on the on the power stage, all three Hyundai's were about three seconds off fastest time. EWRC. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it is it is hard work. It is a long way to go. However, they are definitely getting or Thierry is is definitely getting the most out of what he's got. And he's right. Look at that. I was going to say he listens. He, I've, what I've discovered this weekend about our fixer is he does listen and he does remember things that maybe you and I are a little bit hazy about. No, no, totally. That's remarkable. We, I think we just see what we want to see, Colin. We need to take a lesson from Simon here. That's exactly right. Danny Sordo second, and Tanak and Neville joint third. Amazing, remarkable. Yeah, it's a, but that's a... Flatters to deceive. Flatters to deceive. It flatters to deceive. It really does. Um, you know, they were both not happy at the end of the rally. They, they really want... What's happening now? They might have a bit of an issue. <laughs> the, the lovely coffee shop that we're in... They're actually closing. Uh, the uh, yeah. Well, what do we do, Cole? We, we keep talking. We're all right. Yeah, we'll Simon Hughes says we're okay. I think we're okay. You're the fixer, so go and fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Nagel's also in here with us, so he's not going to get locked in. He absolutely isn't. Uh, yeah, listen, lots of work to do there, and we, 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 you know, we do have lots of friends at Hyundai, and we do want to see them doing well, uh, and we never like to be too hard, but we have to be honest. We have to be honest, uh, and honesty tells us that that car is still. A long way behind, a long, long way behind. Everybody wants Hyundai to do well. We, we all know we all need a strong championship. To have a strong championship, we... Uh, hang on, let's ask the lady. Are we, are we OK for another ten minutes? Yeah, Five minutes? Yeah. sure? Yeah, no, she's absolutely fine. 10.30? 10.30, apparently. 10.30, that could be... It's Paul Nagel. Let's grab a quick word with Paul Nagel. Paul Nagel, come and just have a quick word. I, 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 a Red Bull athlete, you're wearing that lovely new Red Bull T-shirt. Do you like it? I do like it, but you know me. I'm not supposed to talk about it. Paul, uh, tell me about the weekend that you guys had out there. Uh, maybe not the result you were looking for, but progress made? Uh, definitely not the result we wanted this weekend. Um, we've showed some great potential the weekend, some good t a couple of good stage times, but you have to look back at the weekend as it's been a bad weekend. It's been a very disappointing weekend. We've had problems, we had punchers, but... Uh, yeah, it's not the weekend I think we came here for. Uh, if you haven't got a question for it. I, that, it's all really important to talk about what's just happened in the weekend just past. I'll go and get your glass of red wine in your telephone. No, no, no. Simon Hughes, if you've got a question for him. Hang on a sec. But tell us, Paul, you are doing something exceptional uh, at the event next weekend. Tell us what's happening with your auction. Oh, that's right. Yeah, next weekend um, we've had Deja Vu um, down home in Killarney. It's a big charity event. Um, every year, Plum Tyndall. Um, Paddy Tyndall's that. That's right, yeah. He's doing a big uh, run for uh, 160 classic cars, and all the proceeds are going to charity. And uh, so there's 100, yeah, I said 160 cars. We've likes Chris Meek is coming in the Ford Orion, his dad's Orion, and Barry's brother's going to Corsa, Craig's going in the Sierra, and there's endless more. They're all the top shots, but. I decided last year I had one of my helmets from Hyundai and, you know, we're very fortunate to do what we do and to travel the world and, and live the dream we always grew up as young lads. So it's maybe time to start put something back into 
the local community and everything and um, the whole weekend is for um, cancer research and or not cancer research, cancer recovery and palliative care and obviously every family has touched the cancer somewhere or another and my own dad passed away a couple of years ago. so I got a helmet and luckily the weekend I decided to do it uh, was the 50th anniversary here of the WRC so I have all the world champions from 2000 signed including every driver this year I got Robert Reid to sign the 2001 uh, world title with Richard Burns, God rest his soul. And I also got Carla Saints, Yari Matty, Malcolm Wilson, Marco Martin, and I'll get Chris Meek during the week. So I've all that signed a brand new helmet with all their door numbers and I've it all uh, laminated with their signatures and their names beside and everything for next week and go to auction and hopefully make a lot of money for a very good cause. So how can our listeners, how can they find out about these auction items? Is there an online portal that they can maybe bid on if they're interested? I haven't figured that out yet. I, it's going to, it's on next Saturday night. I don't know how it's going to work online or what they want to do. Um, but there'll be a lot of people at the functions, a big dinner and everything. So we have to put it together during the week. I didn't expect to get so many signatures and get all this together. And like when I said it to Plum a couple of weeks ago, I do this. I said, I can't plan nothing till I have the helmet physically with all the names. So I have to speak to him tomorrow when I get home. Remind us of the name of the event so that our listeners can at least Google that and find out. Yeah, it's Deja Vu. Um, it, say that again. Deja Vu. Is that French? <laughs> Deja, Deja Vu. But it's, David? It's, I think it's Irish French, isn't it? Deja vu, like. Deja vu, deja vu, like. I know, sorry. You're vintage people, like the old people coming back. It's an old, an old. Okay, Colin. I am very vintage. You're quite right. Deja vu, yeah, fantastic. So uh, we will find that online. We'll maybe try and tell you what we'll do. We will, and I'll, we'll make a pledge to this. We'll make sure that we write something on Dirtfish this it's already, week. It's already, it's already, it's already in the plan. It's already in the plan. We we reckon that that helmet should raise at least ten thousand euros. I've already been offered an excess of it at. At dinner last night in Emsport, by uh, yes. Well, yes. Colin, when I told Col about it, Col said he put at least twelve and a half thousand in pennies. <laughs> I'm out bed already. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you're you're Scottish. You never spent money in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. That's the problem. Listen, listen. Um, I don't know if you've had a look at my Twitter feed this evening. No. Oh my goodness me! VHS rallies. Who, who we've we've talked to in the past. They found some unbelievable footage of Donegal, 1982, I think it is. It is unbelievable. I had no idea about the size of the crowds back in the 80s. Yeah, I was. I don't think it'd run now. I think Michelle Mouton would have a big problem driving through the stage or a Melton Village. I know the clip you're on about. I see the clip of it up today. Who's the guy in the escort wearing a T-shirt? You're doing donuts in front of the crowd in the road. I presume that's. I haven't seen. I presume it's Vincent Bonner. He was the local man in 1983. He was the man that won the rally that year. So I presume it is uh, with the uh, elbow out the window. That's it. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, uh, Paul. Listen, the very best of uh, luck. It's a wonderful cause that you guys are supporting. A wonderful, wonderful cause, and uh, we wish you all the best. I'm sure you raise a bundle of money. Come back and talk to us on Spin the Rally Pod after the auction. Yep. I will, of course. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. That's Paul Nagel. He is one of the nicest guys in rallying. He really is. Um, let's talk about him, sport then, boys. No, 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 he's going. He's leaving now. No pressure now. No uh, were you going to ask Paul a question? No, to tell you the truth, he covered most of it. I think it's fair. You know, He was honest enough there. They've had a disappointing um, weekend. All of M sport have really. Such a high with Loeb in Monte Carlo. Um, I think Craig and Paul... It was always going to take him a little bit of time. It always does with Craig to, to get up to speed fully. Um, but also stepping into the role of lead driver is something he's not done before in a new car, a new era of car. Um, but yeah, like, like Paul said, they, they aim for the top. They, this would have been a, a tough weekend for them. 
I can't. Simon's covered it absolutely perfectly there. It, it has been a very tough weekend. It was a great start. Friday morning, Sebastian leading. Um, what can you say? Does I mean, there are glimpses. You know, Adrian, Adrian Formo came to this event with a very, very strict set of instructions. He knew what he, he was never going to set the world alight because he wasn't allowed to set the world alight. So in that respect, in that regard, it's been... It's been a good result for, for him. He's rebuilt confidence from where he was in Croatia. He can move forward from that in, in Sardinia. Personally, it is disappointing for Craig, but I think we need to remember that Craig hasn't been here since 18 or something. This is a rally which does... There is a great deal of familiarity that year on year you bring, and it is a difficult technical rally to, to compete on here. So look at all of these things. You know, you look at someone like Lube. He's made great strides. We've seen great pace from him. So, yeah, the headline act is Gus Greensmith, awesome time through that, through stage two. Um, there are flashes, but what we need to see from MSWAT is pulling all of these things together and putting it into a result. And what they don't have, we've known from the start, they don't have strength and depth in terms of drivers. They've got Craig. Is, he, Craig really should be, he will be winning a round of the world championship this, this season. Gus Greensmith, will he? No. You know, he's going to be looking top six. A podium would be a fantastic result for him. The same for Formo. So, you know, we can sit here and we can say, M-Sport, disappointing. Your realistics, your, your, your expectations have to be realistic, not your realistics have to be expect expected. Uh, <laughs> that'll take me just five minutes to work out, Simon. I, th I think there's one other thing that, as well, which it would be disappointing for M-Sport um, as a team when they sort of, when they debrief this event. Um, really, yeah. The like David said, the depth of quality of their, their drivers is not the highest. They're young drivers; they're learning all the time. But also, mechanical issues has to be something they look at. Um, obviously, ironically, the, the the most experienced driver they have, he was didn't suffer a mechanical failure. He had an accident, but Craig had issues. Um, Gus had issues. All things, don't get me wrong. The, the team up in Cumbria will sort. You know, they, they can build a car as, as well as anyone. But it will be disappointing for them, not just from a driver lineup point of view, but to have brake issues, dust in the car, little things that aren't causing them big problems. The car is obviously quick, um, but those little things need to be fixed. Windscreen wiper issues. I'll just leave it there. We've seen it many times with the M Sport car. It's something that they have to, you know, David, you're shaking your head. Happening at the worst time as well. The windscreen wipers. <laughs> I made that mistake of saying that once. Yeah, it, it is. You're right. Those issues. Everything is built with performance in mind. You look at the the wiper motor. Everything is pared right down in terms of weight. I think we we've got to be careful, to, as I say, to maintain our keep our expectations in check. But we and we have to give M Sport a break because you know they are not a team. Listen, no, we're not, we're, not, we're not coming down hard on M-Sport. We're just being honest about High Diet and we're being honest about M-Sport as well. So you've got to remember the budget thing here. You know, they've built the car. They built, this is typical M-Sport. They build arguably the, the best car. You know, Tom Fowler, I'm sure, will have absolute issue with that and quite probably quite rightly. You know, they're, the Toyota and the M-Sport Ford are right there together. Chris Williams, Tom Fowler, geniuses. Christian Lorio as well, but he's not. That's a different story. We're not going to get into that. Um at all but so we've moved forward they've built the car now you try and develop it and run it this is where the budget issue is going to hit them they don't have the money that toyota has to continually work at, at the car 
That's very true. The one thing I learned about M Sport this weekend is never, ever, ever underestimate Sebastian Loeb. Uh, you know, I, what he did in Monte Carlo was one of the greatest things we've ever seen in rallying. But it came together for him. You know, it's, it's a rally he knows. Um, you know, he, he was in a car that arguably was the best car, and I think Tom Fowler actually said that to us after Monte Carlo. They did the analysis, and the M Sport car was the best car. He did an unbelievable job. I didn't think it was possible for him. We talk about Craig Breen coming here not knowing the rally. Don't forget, Sebastian Loeb has only been north, I think, once in his career. You know, he spent most of his rally Portugal. But he came here, I didn't think fourth on the road that he could possibly repeat what he did in Monte Carlo. And he did. He showed it brilliantly for four stages. Um, made a mistake, but, but everyone makes mistakes occasionally. I think the thing to remember with M-Sport is when it comes good, when it comes good for the team, the reliability, they get all the little issues sorted, and Craig has a good day, they'll be there. They'll be there. And they may well be there in Sardinia. It could well be that Sardinia is where we see uh, an M-Sport bounce back. Just, we've got to say as well that right now, Craig... Adrian Formey, Gus a little bit, they're all not they're all just struggling for confidence, aren't they? They're all looking for that result. Whereas you look, you know, we haven't talked actually all that much about Cali Rovenpera. That guy right now can walk on water. There is nothing he can't do. Simon talked about that. Simon said that because he is so confident in his driving ability, you know, it gives him the opportunity to, to you know, put more of his brain power into other elements because he knows driving-wise he ain't going to get beaten. I think that was when I was looking at the sardines. Sorry, sorry for that, side. But is that, there's that gr- great line, isn't there, in, in Days of Thunder? Another one I've got to think about here. Go on. There ain't nothing that boy can do in a race car. Stop looking at that. <laughs> and that's Kelly, right? You've been spending too, many time, too much time with our American cousins. You really have. Try that again. You mean our employers, Colin? Yeah. Just be careful. American cousins and employers. What is it? Was that not great? It was magic. It was magic. Go on, do it again. There ain't nothing that boy can do in a race car. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, so there we are. We, we've, we've had a good, a good talk through all uh, three of our manufacturers, team boys. Anything else that we need? to talk about that we need to take away. David Evans, as always. The police. Actually, no. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. I've actually just grabbed the microphone again. That's, it's worrying that that's quite so subconscious that I just literally grabbed it out of your hand. No, no, no. I'm near the side of the table. <laughs> um, two things we've got to say. The police here have been absolutely fantastic. They have they've guided the cars through towns. They just literally... When you have the right access pass, which we've had, we're very fortunate to have, you're just waved through. And it just literally, we haven't stopped. Oh. But I have to say, you say the police. I would, I would say the police will only do what the organisers ask them to do. So we, we've got to say it's the organisers, the marshals, the volunteers, the police, everyone around this rally here, yeah. you know... No, wait, no I, absolutely. I was a little bit grumpy with the organisers, though, because they didn't give us a road book. You know... <laughs> The organisers were brilliant, were brilliant, apart from the fact that when we got lost, and no, don't get lost, I just wasn't quite sure of where I was going, I couldn't refer to a road book because we didn't have one. We didn't have one. Quite right. So organisers out there in the world, give us a road book. We need a road book. We're not very good at digital things. We did download it, but then we couldn't find it. Um, Couldn't find the link to open it and then couldn't find the password to open the link. We are old. No, we're just digital. Digital, that's what we are. I think that's the, that's the polite way of, of uh, referring to us. So, yeah, to the police, what are you pointing to your dirt fish watch for? My, my, uh, my... 
Yeah, uh, because our flight leaves in 15 minutes. It doesn't, it's delayed by an hour and four minutes. Wow, okay, we've got plenty of time. So carry on talking. So yeah, the police... No, 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 the gate on time. Well, let's hope they don't, because we haven't finished the podcast. So the police and the organisers... Fixer's checking his notes. Yeah, yeah, we're an hour and four minutes late, so... Carry on. So, so yeah, the police and also what we also have to say is the is the crowds, just unbelievable numbers. Again, we say this on every rally. You know, you we we go up to these up to the stages to the access points to to, to go into maybe watch as a spectator. You're talking about five, six, seven, eight kilometers of walking to get into a, to get to the stage, and then if they want to walk further in. You know, it's a remarkable commitment from this part, from people in this part of the world. It's a brilliant rally. It's one of the absolute greats. It'd be even better if they gave us a roadbook. Yeah, no, we, we very much enjoyed it. Simon, have you enjoyed your week here in Portugal? Yeah, very much so. It's been great, um, you know, to see these guys competing at the level they do. Um, you know, we, we sit here and pick faults in them, um, but we really are picking at the minute things. They're, they're world-class, all of them. Um, and, yeah, it, it's great to see. I think one other thing which we didn't really touch on is, or for me at least, not to underestimate how important this result was for Elvin. I know he he, he finished second and maybe on pace he would be a bit disappointed, but given the start to his season, um, I think a a strong, a strong haul of points and an event where he was less than 10 seconds behind the winner. Granted, he would have liked to be 10 seconds in front, but there we go. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you entirely. It was a really strong event for Elvin Evans. The other person that we have to thank who uh, actually left the Dirtfish team earlier this weekend, just by a couple of hours, I'd have to say. Andrea without doing the dishes. Without doing the dishes. He made such a song and dance. If you watched our end of day two review from the service park in uh, Porto, you'd have heard Mr Adamo going on about how we'd left him in the morning and you know, he tidied up the whole kitchen and did all the dishes. I took him at his word, David, and assumed everything was in the dishwasher at least. Big mistake. In fairness, he had moved a few of the dishes off the table, but all he'd done is put them next to the dishwasher. And as Sandra, my wife, always reminds me, next to the dish- dishwasher, it's not in the dishwasher, is it, Andrea? No, but listen, it was a delight having Andrea Adamo with us this weekend. He is a very, very good friend of ours, and we make absolutely... No apologies for that whatsoever. He's got one of the greatest brains in the rallying world. And when we can use that brain power here at Dirtfish, we'll take every single little bit of it. Why would you apologise for it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that, that I, I just wouldn't. You know, it's, you know Andrea, Andrea let's, let's be honest. Again, we're, we're having an honest podcast here. You know, Andrea Damo, you know, he did a brilliant job for Hyundai. Hyundai were a floundering giant when he took over. They weren't achieving an underachieving giant turned it around, won them two championships. But you know what? He was a little bit divisive. You loved him or you hated him. I loved him from the first time I met him because he's different and he's a character. He gets things done. He's a man of his words. But it was absolute redemption. You know, two, what was it, th- three years ago here where Sebastian Ogier said in the press conference and uh, about the nice Mr Adamo being quite ironic about him where Andrea had shuffled the places, shuffled people, started stages, told them to pull over, wait, pull out. In front of, not pull out in front of cars, but just move aside to give more fresh air, uh, and more clear air when you're in dust. So we were sat on Wednesday night in the, the gala for the 50th anniversary, and Christian Geistorfer, Volta Rolls co-driver, stood up and told a story about his idea of how he went off the start line and immediately told Volta, who was out of the running for a win, to pull over and allow his teammate to go through 
uh, and enjoy an extra probably what what was only a minute or two minutes of, of and no and 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 Andrea you know it was absolute redemption for him he didn't break the rules he used them and the point I made and I, and I do like this analogy I must have mentioned it three or four times I'm going to mention it again the greatest generals in uh, in history have also been the greatest military historians in history they're great generals because they study history they study where people have done um, great things and made great mistakes the greatest team bosses are also the greatest historians they study rally history and that's what that's what Adamo did and he and, you know there's no question that that's where this came from two or three years ago here he knew about that clearly with Walter Roll he's seen it done before he thought that's how we're going to get extra points here absolutely of course he did and he is that kind of Marmite figure I don't know if that translates but you know either love him or you hate him but for us he's 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 always been very fair you know and we've said this a million times Andrea represented a manufacturer at the very top of rallying and if you as a journalist couldn't bring your a-game to to this event he had no business talking to you wasn't interested uh, and you know you you and i fell foul of that on numerous ago how was your day andrea forget it you don't ask that so what, what a stupid question to ask him how are you feeling after one of his drivers has crashed out from the leads ridiculous totally so it's great it's, it's always been i always find it enjoyable because he's, he challenges you he doesn't you know a conversation with him is combative and it's entertaining uh, and it's been a very combative and entertaining few days. And, and I'd have to say, you know, I, David, I'm, I'm not the kind of... Um, you, know, I, you grew up with, with rally cars on your wall, and you grew up with... Uh, kids had all sorts of comics under their beds. You had rally books under your bed. I didn't. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't get into... Books under your bed. Biggles. Biggles, strangely <laughs> enough. But, I, you know, I didn't get into rallying until I was well into my 20s, just about my early 30s. And I take every opportunity. The great Jerry Williams, you know... Uh, used to take every opportunity to go to dinner with Jerry, um, which always got quite juicy towards the end of the night. But, but you know, because they had to stories to tell. When you get the opportunity to sit and listen to these people who have been in this sport for so long and have seen so much, you've got to take it. And I learned so much this weekend just listening to you and to Andrea. We, I, I've been really fortunate because this week, obviously, we were in Portugal with, with Andrea and last week. Uh, I was in Italy. We went to, to, the, to the Fiat Lancia Alfa Romeo Abarth Heritage Centre. We looked back at all of these cars and just spending two or three days with Andrea in Turin, it was unbelievable. Around every corner there was another story. A lot of this content is, is going to come out on Dirtfish uh, across the various channels in, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's a pleasure to be around. He's an absolute master historian uh, and a great storyteller. Yeah, we had great fun. It was great having both Andrea and Simon Hughes with us this weekend. Uh, Simon, you are welcome back on Spin the Rally Pod any time you like, my friend. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Colin. It's, it's been a pleasure to, to be with both of you. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been... Has it? Has it really? Well, I, I say pleasure. <laughs> well, slight, slight, no, no, it has. It's been good. I, uh, I appreciate it. And, yeah, like I say, to, to get to see these guys performing as they do has is, is been, is been cracking. You're talking about Colin and I there? He can't be talking about anyone else, can he? So, folks, listen, that was the Rally of Portugal. It was the most entertaining rally. We don't have to wait too long. That's Paul Nagel in the background making a terrible noise. What are you watching, Paul Nagel? Nothing, no. Nothing. I think he's watching some football or something. That has been the Rally of Portugal spin at the Rally Pod. Thank you once again for joining us, folks. Uh, we'll be back the next Tuesday where we will look forward to the Rally of Sardinia. We'll see you then.